Welcome back, listeners. I'm Robin Black, and this is It's All About Healing podcast. Today, we have a special guest with us, Reginald Sherman. He is also a motivational speaker and the host of Real Talk with Reginald D. Reginald, how are you today? I'm doing excellent, Robin. Excellent. I'm so glad to be on this All About Healing podcast. Uh, You're doing a lot of great things with it, and I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, um, I grew this is kind of crazy. I'm gonna take you take take you down the road here, this story. So I I grew up um in a single parent home in Mm -hmm. Greenville, South Carolina. And when I when my mom and dad, you know, my dad, they just had me, you know, they went their separate ways when it's all said and done. But I came from a very religious family. And a lot of people would say that I was not going to mount to anything because I was born out of wedlock. Maybe even my own close uh, family members and friends and close people were, say, were saying that about me. And I kind of carried that chip on my shoulders for a long time. You know, I wasn't yeah. mad at anyone or anything like that. The chip I had was that I was going to make sure that what they said about me was not going to be true. They weren't going to be able to come back and say, I told you so about me. So I was right. kind of this kind of um, kid that just grind through life all the time, always trying to make things happen. You know, wasn't perfect at all. But, you know, as I went down down my this road of being a young man, you know, in the household, you know, you got to grow up fast when you got your mom and your little sister in the house. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, my, my, some of my opportunities, probably not like some other kids, you know, some other kids probably had the uh, father and mother, you know, in the house at the same time. But I was just this kind of guy. I just took um, advantage of moments. I, I, I remember we went to Burger King one time and um, I was like 13 years old and we didn't get to go to Burger King probably every four months. You know, we didn't have money. Mm-hmm. So mom took us to Burger King. So we, we sat in the line and the uh, the manager kind of had the hots with my mom. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there like, I'm not even thinking about this hamburger that I really don't get yeah, anyway. But I mean, I love Burger King. I was a kid, but I wouldn't even think about this hamburger. I asked him, I said, hey, man, I need a job. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And he was like, what? I said, yeah, I need, I need a job. So he he started talking and. And uh, talking to me and and my mom was like, you you can't, you know, you can't, you can't do this and go to school. He said, but and then he said, um, she said, you're not old enough either, by the way. Mm-hmm. Then the manager said, I can sign a waiver yeah. for him to work. So I I talked, you know, talked my mom into it. She said, as long as those grades don't start failing, we'll go for it. So that's just how that's how that's just how it's been with my life. I was I was around one of the greatest leaders in the world. Um, I say in the world that I know, mm-hmm. um, my, my grandfather. You know, um, he was a pastor. He was a outreach kind of type minister, and I would go stay with them, him and my grandmother, during the summertime, and just hang with him. You know, yeah. and he, he taught me all the hard work. He taught me to grind. He taught me how to, you know, have faith. He, you know, he taught me how to treat your fellow brothers and sisters and, and how you're supposed to walk in life. You know, I remember seeing these things as a kid and I was like, man, we leave church, we go to a restaurant and we just sitting in a restaurant eating and it never fails. Somebody 
come in the restaurant and say, hey, that's Pastor Sherman over there. And <laughs> they'd be like, yeah, that's him. We got his meal. We never paid for anything in this little town we lived in. And I was just fascinated as a kid. Like, who is this guy? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just his leadership and who he was. So that kind of um, molded me into, yeah. into who I am. I, I, I never... I was never the one to give excuses. I mean, I could have did so many excuses growing up, trying to work a job to help keep lights on at 13 years old. Yeah. High school, I'm in high school at 16. I'm working three jobs and going to high school, helping to keep food on the table and helping, helping mom out. You know, yeah. and I could have been poor me, poor me, but I'm the kind of guy, no, nah, it's on me when yeah. it's all said and done. So and I always tell people a lot of times, man, you can't poor me because a lot of times it's on you. Right. Absolutely. I like that. Man. So fast forward a little bit. Um, I was ministered, licensed to, uh, to be a minister in 2004. Yeah. Um, then started um, doing the ministry thing and a lot of roadblocks like they always do and challenges, you know, get in the way. Yeah. So I, I had opportunities where I actually preached at different churches, but um, had uh, one incident robbing that. I preached at this church and they were like looking for a pastor. Mm -hmm. So the guy called, he was like, he was on the board or something. And he was like, Hey, we really, we really enjoyed you. Would you consider being our pastor? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I consider that. So they went and had a meeting with the board, like on a Monday. And he said, I'll call you back. He called back. Then he called me back on Tuesday. And he said, Hey, we got one question. And I said, what is that? He said, you married? I said, no, sir, I'm not. He said, well, you can't be our pastor. So I'm like, whoa, man, really? So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, and I, I I actually had like three different offers to be a pastor, but they wouldn't do it because I wasn't married. So I'm like, you're going to take, you know, you're going to roadblock my gift and things like that. I mean, you know, it was like one of those things. So I decided, I said, you know what? I said, I'm, I'm going to do this thing my way. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to do this thing my way. And then it's funny that, after I had those letdowns or, or you know, whatever, the, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. I got a, I got a call from another pastor one day and I went down to his church and preached and I came home that night and he called me and this, it was crazy. He said, my congregation received you so well. I wouldn't have stepped down and give you my church. What? And I'm like, wow. Yeah, and I was like, wow, because you know, this is like my first time I've been at this church. I didn't know anything about this church. So yeah. by that time, my mind was like out of it. I was like, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna do this. You know, I'm not gonna pastor, I'm not gonna do this. I said, I'm gonna do it my way. You know, so when I started doing it my way, it was kind of like, hey, you know, I said I felt so free, you know, I felt yeah. so authentic, you know, and and original. And so that's when I started doing just speaking engagements, you know, uh, and then my speaking engagements turned into more of a using God and Christ as a um, the train to pull it. But right. it started being more of a motivational type type style of doing it. Right. So now you're out of, out of, you know, out of different conferences, you know, Salvation Army had me on the hook one time of being their speaker um, and, and different um organizations and things like that. So that's when I, I learned that, hey, you know what? This church thing, you know, I like church. You know, I go to church, but 
and I was raised in the church, but right now in this time of my life, it ain't for me. Yeah. God has something bigger. So that's when, you know, um, my wife and I started mm-hmm. this podcast. You know, yeah. she she came up with the idea and said, Hey, well, you know, let's start this podcast and let's let's let you speak about this. I'm like, man, I don't really know nothing about too many podcasts. I don't know about what we're doing. Yeah. So we did it, it and it has it, it, like I think we've been in it for over a year now. And um uh-huh. We in like 85 countries, ranking yeah. in 85 countries, and then we like the top one percent globally in this mm-hmm. podcast and what we talk about in the motivational side yeah. of things. So it's been it's been a blessing, it's been amazing. And I always tell people, man, you know, a lot of times you, you got to do it your way. You know, absolutely. you got to do it your way to order to get things done. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that a lot because when we think that it's supposed to go one way. It doesn't work that way. We have to kind of pave our own way. And I like that a lot. Tell me um, or tell us a little bit about when you have uh, when you actually had these speaking engagements at the prisons and what 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 was that like? It's. um, It's I think it's when I, when I when I go somewhere like that, you, you speak to a lot of broken people. Yeah. You know, it's not like going to this huge mega church and speaking. And you got all these people living like they want to live, living good or whatever. It's a lot of broken people. And then you have to bring a message that will empower them, you yeah. know, and to, to raise them up. You know, a lot of people go in there. I, I get it. You know, they go and they talk about Christ and they talk about, you know, um, being being a Christian and and sin and all of that stuff. And I, and I kind of realized that. So there's other churches going in there. And I said, well, I'm going to do it this way because somebody else is already preaching this, you know? So when I, when I, when I got in there, it was like, wow. I, I remember, I remember speaking to, um, at a prison one time before. And I think about a year and a half went by. Mm-hmm. I got a phone call from a guy that was an inmate there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he called me and he like, man, I'm man, I've been trying to get in touch with you, blah, blah, blah. And he said, man, I'm doing well. And I remember who he was. Um, he said, I'm doing well. And I'm actually pastoring my own church right now. And I want you to come down here and speak in mm-hmm. my church. And I was like, oh, man, yeah. I'm on it all day. You know, yeah. so it's it just like it was like a blessing when you go in there and you hang out with the brothers and, you you know, you just you kick it with them. I mean. Yeah, we all have been through some stuff in life, man. I know what the speaks are like. You know, I've been through some things too. So you know, but you gotta understand that when you're in that position, you have to understand where you're going. You have to understand your moment, and once you understand your moment, your moment will give you the momentum you need when you when it's time for you to get out of those situations. Absolutely. So, how did that make you feel when you were younger? I remember you saying that there were people telling you that you wouldn't amount to anything. Is that what also acted as your motivation as well? Yeah. It kind of took me to some level. That's like people may think I'm a maniac or something, but, but uh, it's just that I had to say to myself, okay, it's either going to be that or it's going to be something else. You either going to be what they say you, you're going to become, or you're going to be, or you're going to become something greater than that. And yeah. I took that chip with me, like, oh, I think I just let this thing go three years ago, and I'm 51 years old. 
All yeah. my life, I like I got to be great. I got because I still I, I was hearing it in my head. You're not going. You're not going to get enough. You're not going to mount anything. I mean, I'm hearing it. Even when I was when I was losing, I was hearing it in life, and when I was winning in life, I, I was hearing it. I was like, man, I got to be better. You know, I got to be better because I'm not going to fail. Even though we all have failures, you know, uh-huh. stuff like that. You got to you got to back up and punt and come back. You know, and try again. But um, I just couldn't. I, I couldn't let that. I couldn't let that take me down. I mean, I, and I, I was, you know, and I, I was telling, I was telling young men this. I said, man, this comes where you are right now, man. It's not, it's not where you, it's not where you, it's not where you're going to end up. You just right. got to put in the work, man. You got to know where you're going and you got to keep pushing. You got to keep going after it, you know? Yeah. And I tell people the next person that's the person who's going to achieve more than you in life is the one who's going to outwork you. Yeah. That's it. You know? So, yeah. I, I put in my mind that, you know, I was not going to let life handle me, that I was going to handle life. Yeah. So, and, and a lot of times you just got to look around. A lot of times when you look around, it gives you motivation. When you look and see your mom working three jobs, trying to, you know, take care of you and your little mm-hmm. sister, you see you, your little sister sitting there. You're like, man, I got to, hey, I can't give up on this right now. You know, that's yeah. so I just look around and it just gives me that motivation. And then at the end of the day, I owe it all to God because he's yeah. been like, 100 with me through it all. I'm telling you, he's been 100 with me. He has, if he if he don't do nothing else with me, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's been he's showing me that he he's real. He's he's a real deal. So, yes, he is. And what do you feel has made you the man that you are today? My grandfather. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like. Um, that when he kind of took me under his wings, yeah, he taught me, first of all, respect. Yeah. And he taught me hard work in life. Because you didn't go down there, I don't care how small you are, you you gonna work when you go down there in the summertime, because they had the gardens and they had a, my granddaddy, he was a coffin about trade. He only had a third grade education um, because yeah. he had to, you know, be in the fields back in those days and he couldn't go to school, but He's a carpenter by trade and he built the convenience store next to the house. It was a meat market in it. Then then up the street was a church that he built with his kids. And, and it's been like that. But uh, he, he is still hard working to me. And he's um, he's been a remarkable man. I mean, he didn't he didn't sugarcoat anything. I remember uh, one time when I was, when I was working those three jobs in high school, my um, grandparents had moved from where they used to live. Um, mm-hmm. to the neighborhood to live in now. So my mom ended up getting a house in the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So we're all in the same neighborhood now. So I was I was playing basketball one day with my friends and I'm working three jobs in high school and I finally get a day off on a Saturday with all all, all three jobs. <laughs> that never yeah. happened. So, so I'm, out, I'm down the street playing and one of the jobs called because somebody called out and called the house and my mom came down and got me and said, hey, you got to come to work. I was like, no, I'm not off, off work today. She said, well, somebody called out and they get you to come to work. I'm like, that's not my problem. I'm scheduled to be off work and I'm, I'm doing something. I want to be off work. Well, anyway, she made me go and I was mad. So I went on yeah. work, came back home from work, stopped by my, my, my grandparents' house and I walked in the door, my granddad, I said, Papa, I said, man, I'm so tired of these jobs, man. These people call me on my day off of work. Mama made me go to work. I'm just doing all this right. And he said, sit down for a minute, son. 
So I sit down, I sat down and he said, um, don't come in here uh, complaining to me about a job. He said, if you want to call the shots and do it your way, he said, you got to own it. He said, until then, this is what it's going to be like. Yeah. So he was just raw with it, you know, because he owned all his stuff, <laughs> you know, so everything yeah. he did. But, but, um, but yeah, he was, he was a remarkable man that led by example. I, I, I remember um, people coming, like pa- people being pastors under his ministries and the way it happened, I mean, it was a guy on a chain gang, like in front of the house, digging the ditches. And my grandfather yeah. went outside and talked to him while he was out there. And then once he got released from prison, he came up to my grandfather's house and was mm-hmm. started hanging out with my grandfather. My grandfather started taking him to um, conferences and revivals, what we call them. Um, yeah. He preached and this thing, you know, this guy passing his own church. Yeah. You know, so he always reached out to people, had one guy he didn't have like any clothes or anything like that to wear. My grandfather just took him up on his wings and this thing, you know, he passed in the church. It yeah. was just like, he was just raising up people that, that needed to need to be lifted up. And I, I think he was, you know, with, and the thing about it, trying to raise 11 kids back then, he had, they had 11 kids and, you know, he had to make, make it happen because, you know, grandma had to take care of the kids and do everything else. But yeah. um, it's, it's remarkable. It's remarkable. But his leadership has really, really, um, really changed my life. To all my cousins, man, I got, I got 34, oh, man, we, it's, we, it's so many of us. But when it's all said and done, at the end of the day, they called me a little pawpaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah everybody called me. Because they, my grandparents did and gone now, but, you know, but that's what they still call me when they see me when I come to town. Say, so they come a little pawpaw. Yeah. So, <laughs> I like that name. Uh, yeah. So and back to you having those three jobs. So how old were you when you held those three jobs? 16. 16. And what were those three? What did they consist of? What were you doing? They were, and I was just going to tell you how old I am, right? <laughs> so in high school, you can't do it now, but in high school, you can, you can drive a school bus if you go to class. I mean, if you go to the yeah. bus class, you can and pass the class, you can drive to actually drive a school bus in high school. <laughs> so I drove a school bus in high school when I was in high school. Yeah. Um, I worked at the grocery store, uh, bag of groceries. Uh-huh. Um, and then I worked at Coca-Cola on the weekends where you just go around to all of the different grocery stores and uh-huh. pull the, you know, the product out of the back room and keep your shelves full. You do that like yeah. three times a day. You know, you have a uh-huh. set number of grocery stores. You got to go and you do that. So most time on the weekend, I was at the grocery store and I was pulling Coca-Cola, you know, yeah. and during, during the week I was um, driving a school bus doing the grocery store. So, oh man. So what was your mentality? Like, how did that, did that affect you mentally or were you just kind of like, I don't really have a childhood. Like, how did you feel? That's probably why I'm still crazy right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of, I'm not going to say I didn't think about my childhood. Yeah. But I knew that what was necessary. Mm-hmm. I said, I got to do what's necessary. And then mm-hmm. once you do it, so much or so long, it, you become numb to it. This is just yeah, where yeah. I, this way it's got to work. You know, I'm either gonna have, or I'm, I'm not gonna have. Yeah. At the end yeah. of the day, so that's that's the way that's the way it was. And, and and I think one of the things is that I wasn't like a lot of people. I didn't have a bunch of friends. You mm-hmm. know, I just had 
couple of people I was cool with in the neighborhood. You know, that yeah, we lived yeah. in the neighborhood and played basketball together and stuff like that. Other than that, I didn't do high school friends that much. I mean, I was cool about everybody, you know, we but I wasn't, you know, hanging going to this other neighborhood, hanging out with these people going. I wasn't I wasn't doing all of that. So so I kind of knew that I had to man up at an early age and um that's what it took for me. Yeah, yeah. Um was it tough? Man, sometimes it was tough. Sometimes it was tough. Sometimes you get tired, but you know, I got to, like I say, you look around, you see who you got, who you're trying to hold up, who you're trying to, who you're trying to help out. It just, it just motivates you, you know, cause you gotta keep in mind, like if I'm off on a Saturday for whatever reason, off one job or whatever, yeah, my yeah. grandmother's calling down the street. Uh, I need you to come up here and dig some holes so I can plant some flowers in the yard and we're going to plant these flowers. We're going to plant these bushes. I'm like, oh, man, you know what? You know, so <laughs> I'm up there working. So, you know, I mean, I was like, OK, you know, so it wasn't really a lot of uh, breaks, but but it, it it was life lessons, man. And I, 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 I look back on it and I don't regret it because yeah. um, I made it happen. It's all said and done. I, I made it happen. And I just my mentality is that you got to be better today than you were yesterday and you got to be better tomorrow than you were today. That's the only way you're going to be great. So I just had to always keep one foot in front of the other and and just go with life, man. Give me a hand. I'll play it. Yeah, (laughs) I like that. I like that a lot. So what? What advice do you give when you're out here uh, mentoring others? What advice would you give our listeners? Well, it, it depends on who I'm speaking to. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that the message pretty much sounds the same. And I try to get, I'm torn with it sometimes because I feel like I don't give people wiggle room. Yeah. You know, when you're going through stuff in life, mm-hmm. No, one thing you got to realize is you cannot quit. Yeah. You cannot quit. Whatever you got to do, whatever it takes. You got what it takes, and it takes what you got. You know, you can't play victim to everything. Yeah. You can't play victim to everything. You're not a victim of your circumstances. Sometimes you're just a product of your choices. Mm-hmm. You're in a situation because you chose to be there. And then some situations you just got put in, put in that situation. But you got to understand that's your moment. What you going to do with it? You're going to lay down and let your moment take over you or you're going to rise above the moment and get momentum. So I don't do the poor me, poor me thing. I know some people are victims out there and been through some terrible stuff. I I know that. And I'm steady praying for people like that. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if you in a fight, guess what you got to do. You got to fight. Yeah. So like 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 I said, you know, I told somebody one time before, I was like, hey, Life is like a steak. Sometimes you got to eat it raw. <laughs> it ain't, yeah, it ain't always taste good, but you got to endure it. Uh huh. You know, life is like two dollars and one bone. What you gonna get if you get two dollars and one bone? <laughs> you get a fight, right? Sometimes you got to fight, but you got to make sure you walk away with that bone. So that's just it. I mean, everybody get dealt different hands, and I understand that. You just got to play the hand that you dealt to the best of your ability. And you got yeah. to understand the moment you're in, you got to make the best of that moment. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, so how, how can our um, listeners get a hold of you? 
Um, you can um, listen um, to my podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or, or any um, network. Um, you can go to the social media and the website. You know, all we got to do is just type in Real Talk with Reginald D, and mm-hmm. it'll, it'll pop up all the information and things like that. Okay, and you said also that your wife does the podcast with you, correct? Right. She okay. she she manages this whole thing. Oh, okay. I thought okay, yeah. so I thought she was a pastor as well. Okay. No, okay. She, she manages this 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 whole thing. Gotcha. She's, yeah, she's the reason she's the reason there's a regular D out here that people listen to. Oh, he's the reason. He's the reason you and I are talking right now. Okay, <laughs> you gotcha. know, put all this together. You know. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, she does. She does it all. I just get over there and talk, and that's about it. You know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now so, that makes sense, though. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. Did you have anything else that you needed to add? Um, no, Robin. I appreciate you having me um, on your podcast and on your show. I look forward to hanging out with you more. And um, I'll we'll we'll connect again and see if I can get you on the podcast with me and we can chop it up a little bit. Absolutely, I would love that. Thank you again so much. Well, thank All you, right, everyone. Say thank you for having again having Reginald D on here. If you'd like to get in touch with him or check out his podcast, it's Real Talk with Reginald D. Again, this is Robert Black. Thank you guys all and stay blessed.